0: It's always been. We rise up to the challenge, we give the game our hole. We sheer determination, we go in for the ball. For the crowd, thunders co-cats, we break the banner down. We no longer play with courage till the final siren sounds.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to episode two of the Cats Cast. My name is Willow. Uh and I'm remembered to introduce myself this week, which is a good start. I'm joined by a couple of special guests. Tonight as we're going to do what was originally intended on being a bit of a season preview and then we had a few issues last week, so we're going to touch on round one as well. Uh, firstly, we've got a, a debutante uh, and someone outside of the, the big footy crowd. Uh, so from Twitter, if anyone on Twitter might know him, we've got Twiggy. Hello. How are you, mate? Doing well. How are you going, mate? Good. And I'm happy to have you on because you've been pestering me for the whole of last year to get on. So I'm happy that we could finally make it happen. Yeah, I
2: talked a big game and then I'm like, I don't know if I've really got that much, but we'll see how we
1: go. <laughs> no, that's all right. right. We'll just sound confident and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, it's look like I belong here. That's it. And uh, joining us once again to add that touch of professionalism, we've got from the Geelong Advertiser, Ryan Reynolds. Hello, Ryan. G'day guys, jeez uh, I'm surprised you, you mentioned the word pr-
0: professionalism there, I thought after my debut performance I might never have got a call back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's worth noting that we were going to do this last week and Ryan was unavailable because he'd fallen asleep, so <laughs> <laughs> just to mention the word professionalism. Uh, well and- it's a sign of my age. <laughs> I had thought that he may have had a large night at the cat season launch, but he assures us that wasn't the case. <laughs> That's but... uh, off the record. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for both uh, being a part of it, boys. And It's probably going to be a bit of a jovial show, I'd suggest, because <laughs> round one finishing, you know, this time yesterday, we were all watching the Cats, Put on a performance which probably surprised us. It surprised me, um, just the the level that we sort of played at. Um, obviously, we ran out forty-two point winners, eleven, eighteen, seven hundred and fifteen to ten, thirteen, seventy-three over Frio. Um, probably the hardest trip, road trip in footy, going to Perth, and and winning. Um, by all means, the Dockers may just be rubbish as well. But I thought there were some really positive signs. Uh, I'll start with you. Twig, what were your thoughts? Pleasantly surprised, I think, was the uh, overriding
2: thing with that one. I was a bit concerned before we went into the game just because we played rubbish in the pre-season this year. And, you know, you always say, oh, it's only pre-season, you don't take too much into that, but it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, There's a few areas that, I had three big areas I think going into the the game that were my issues and that was uh, the whole chipping around the back half that we loved to do last year. Um, So I have, yeah, just like speed of ball movement and then getting into the forward 50 and I thought all three
1: areas were actually pretty good last night. Yep. Ryan, what were your first thoughts on it?
0: Uh, I reckon we'll look back on this and think it was a pretty handy four points to pick up. Um, I reckon the Dockers aren't as bad as what people will expect and certainly not as bad as they played um, on Sunday. Um, I think they've still got a lot of improvement left in them just with their forward line. And you know, They've got a few new names in that team that really look like they haven't settled in. Um, so I reckon maybe in 10 rounds' time it might be a little bit too late for them to really make a, a surge towards finals, but they'll definitely improve a lot in the second half of the year, so maybe to get them early and get that, that win on the road um, will do the Cats a, a lot of confidence, but um, geez, they just turned around their preseason form, didn't they? I mean, that was a true four-quarter performance. They hunted Frio. Um, their defensive pressure was great, and I thought the most impressive thing was that uh, the Cats lost the inside 50s. Uh, I think they had 11 less, maybe. just That's just off the top of my head, but um, kicked a winning score and, and when Freo chopped it up they just really hurt them so um, lots to love about what the Cats
1: show um, on Sunday. I think we looked a lot more dangerous going forward than we have the last 12 months. I don't know um, what you guys think of the, the Harry Taylor um, situation. I thought he actually probably played one of his worst games he's ever played for Geelong in terms of he fumbled it nearly every time he went near it he was dropping marks he he looked a bit slow and and just didn't look right but what it seemed to also do was to give Tommer the freedom and and Hawks looking in pretty fair nick at the moment and uh his work he seemed to be working up the ground a lot more than we've seen in the last few years and from that side of it, I think it worked really well because Hawk had a cracking game, and um, the last few times we've played Frio, he seems to struggle with Zach Dawson for some reason because he just stands there and tries to wrestle. And last I night, don't, he I got don't out understand how he has trouble with him because he's just like he's a fucking he's a mop, <laughs> and he, he seems to get towed up by him every single time. I just don't get it. I think it's just because he tries to just engage. The wrestle and that plays into Dawson doesn't have much, so if he can <laughs> sort of lock him up, it, it plays into his hands a bit. So, um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, guys, but I thought that the forward line functioned better than it has of late.
2: Yeah, there was yeah, the... a lot more uh, unpredictability, I think, last night because um, we had what three blokes kick three goals uh, Hawk, Motlop and McCarthy, Mendel had two as well, um, and as you said like uh, Hawk was able to get up the ground a lot more, which I think having Taylor down back means someone has to stay with him I think I don't mind it at the moment against some of these teams who are probably struggling, he just looks like a bloke who's just got zero confidence uh, in what he's doing down there he's sort of, he looks like he's sort of trying to think three steps ahead of, oh, what am I going to have to do with the ball when it comes down here, not just backing himself just to take a mark. Like, we know, like, he's got one of the best pair of hands in the game. And at the moment, he just sort of keeps second-guessing himself. I think if he can start taking a couple of marks, his confidence should get up. And I actually think it will start working out all right from there.
1: I'd agree with that.
0: It's a bit like an onion, I reckon, Harry Taylor playing. for. There's so many different layers to it, right? (laughs) There's... Obviously, you know, Harry statistically probably didn't have the greatest of games on Sunday. Um, but what he does do is he takes a big body and you can't allow him to have too much room because the way he jumps for the ball and his ability to mark above his head is second to none. So teams have actually got to dedicate someone to try and contain him, which is the first part of it, right? Yep. <laughs> the second part of it is that it, it's all, I reckon it's a lot to do with the way Geelong structure's up and how tall the Cats are generally Around the ground, and I think at times last year the Cats were too tall in defence with Henderson, Cole, Jasney, Taylor, Lonigan, and even to an extent Mackie. Like there's some pretty big guys down there, um, so having Taylor being able to switch around sort of can allow you to have a, f- a few more p- players with some speed off half back, and I reckon that's where the Cats generated a lot of run um, on Sunday.
1: And we can probably so, it probably is good. Um, it probably really leads into to another point is obviously our ball movement uh, and our speed out of the back line we didn't seem to just chip it chip it, chip it and then go. I There was clear direction or intent to move the ball quick and, and a lot of quick handballs, almost doggy style quick handballs like bang 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 from player to player and they'd release somebody and often it was Um I feel Motlop was pushing back and working back to the defensive fifty and then getting the ball and taking off and Tui and so on and Ruggles had his best game for the club, I think, pretty safe to say. And he was involved in a lot of it as well and the there was a different intent and it probably the mix was probably helped by, as you mentioned, Ryan, we were pretty tall. Take away one of those big talls from out of there. And and it changes the dynamic a bit. It was further enhanced as well by with uh, Smith being the
2: late withdrawal and then uh, Furlow coming in. and just gave another mid size. Like he didn't do a hell of a lot. He's in his first game uh, proper game back. But again, it was just another uh, you know sleet of foot sort of person who can just sort of help uh, whip it out of the defence a bit quicker too.
0: Yep. I've been I've been a bit of a ranter on Twitter. I think about the way I like to see Geelong's ruck set up and. I think um the coaching staff finally got it right, um on Sunday. I, I can't see the Cats playing Blitz, Smith and Stanley in the one team. I just reckon it's just too tall and there's not enough mobility there. Um I think Blitz you sort of lock away It's that second ruck who can, you know, rotate through the ground, but I think they've they've just got to play one of Smith and Stanley this year. Um I just think they lose too much when you're, when you're running both of them through the team. But I guess a lot of that might be opposition dependent as well. But I think come finals, I'd rather be
1: seeing Geelong play just one of those two guys. And we immediately looked bal- more balanced when Smith came out. Like just even the moment the team was named, or the change was named, Smith out, Thurlow in, I think I sent a message to a mate straight away going, we're more balanced. This Now it just reads better, it just feels better. And I think that was a common, a common reaction. And I think Blitz's best role is that second ruckman, rotating through wherever else. Role I think he can get a bit lost if he's not playing in the ruck. Like I'm not sure he's got the, the. Uh, I'm not sure he's a good enough midfielder to play just as a midfielder.
2: No, I think last 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 night. Sorry, last night's the best game the Blitz has played in a year, uh, quite comfortably, I thought. Um, yeah, as you see, he's just he's a lot more natural going as the backup Ruckman, but it freed him up as well to just sort of then run the second rut, uh, Ruckman off his feet, and he was starting to get a lot more marks around the ground, and, yeah, actually looked like he had a bit of purpose about him for a change.
1: And I think also that... You need to give. We need to give a bit of credit to Reece Stanley because Sandy smashed him in the hitouts, but that was always going to happen. But I thought Stanley played pretty well. I thought he fought really hard. He actually got a couple of really crucial clear wins in the the few hitouts he did got. A few of them were really effective. He just put it straight down, you know, a danger or cell's throat as they were flying through. And and I think and he started to get into. He sort of he had a few, he took a few marks around the ground and got his hand on the ball and got involved as well so i think credit to him because he's and his JLT series was i thought he was the best performed out of the players vying for that role and he's i reckon credit to him he's put his hand up to try and take that number 1 ruck role yeah uh, like
2: it's um you said like yeah Sandown's like like on the stats, like I think he had like close to 60 hitouts outs or something for the game. But I actually felt like in that last, especially the last half, he was starting to, um, Stanley was starting to smother his tap-outs a lot more. Uh, so there weren't quite as uh, dominant ones. And as you said, yeah, there was a couple of times, I think there was one in the fourth quarter after Frio kicked a couple of goals and we sort of thought, oh, God, here we go. Here's another uh, classic uh, 2016 uh, fourth-quarter fade-out. And um, he just jumped up and just put it straight down uh, Danger's throat. Who uh, brushed off five, and then we went to 50 and kicked the goal, and just you know uh, stopped that uh, momentum from running away again. Yep.
1: that's it. And that's... he can hurt,
0: and he can hurt you too, Stanley. Like he's not your typical ruckman that plays ruck and um, sort of jogs around the ground and and looks slow. Like he can actually go forward, and you've got to put a player on him if he's pushing forward from
1: the ruck. You you just can't sort of let him. Amble around the ground. He, he can actually be quite dangerous. I think even just in the contest, he can be dangerous. Though, if the other ruckman or the midfielders are half off their guard, if the ball hits the ground and he grabs it, he can explode away from a, from the contest as quick as anyone else. Which yeah, he he can burst out almost as quick as danger from a, a contest. I love seeing you know a two hundred centimetre giant just. Put on the jets and literally just pull away from people. I reckon it's fantastic. So he's he's
2: got that uh, classic of uh, tucking the ball up under his armpit and just you know, swaying the arms out
1: there too. So it's uh, it's quite nice to watch. Yeah, I reckon he'd, he'd make a good rugby player the way he does that because he does. He just jams it under the armpit and just goes. Now are we? Oh well, and one thing we've just we had some breaking news which we found out just before we. Started recording uh, is that Nakia Cockatoo has is having surgery on his thumb, which will probably turn out to be today by the time I actually get this uploaded. But this week he's having <laughs> um, surgery on his thumb, and he's going to be out for up to a month, um, which is pretty disappointing because he's even though he doesn't get a lot of the ball, he's pressure. And the impact he's starting to have on the games is sort of improves every week. Um, who do you guys see is so cocky out for a month? How is that going to change up our team? And, and who do you see coming in? I'll start with you, Ryan.
0: It's a big out, I reckon, cocky. He's, um, as you mentioned, he's not winning a lot of the footy yet, but he's just that raw excitement that he brings to the team. Like, he's a bit like a puppy Labrador like just loves getting into everything and you know he he gives you a bit of excitement and um I think sometimes you know if if a team's struggling you need a player like that just to give you just ignite you a little bit and um I think the other the other downside is with him missing a month of footy I mean there's another four games of footy that he's not going to get under his belt because he's probably pretty comfortably in our in our best 22 so um it's going to be a big loss I think with his leg speed and that sort of stuff um As for who comes in, I think probably Menegola might get a little bit of a look in now. He's probably one of the notable absentees um, from the 22 yesterday if they're looking for a a midfielder. But another guy I'd like to see maybe come in is Darcy Lang. Um, I thought his preseason was all right without sort of being outstanding. Um, He played pretty well by all reports in the VFL on the weekend. And he's another guy who's pretty dangerous up forward. He's got a bit of leg speed and... um, you know, he's probably a guy that the cats need to start getting some games into because he's sort of getting while well, he's still quite young he's probably getting to a little bit of the crossroads of his career he he probably hasn't progressed as much as a lot of cats fans would have liked him to by huh?
1: Yep, i'd agree
0: with that twiggy um
2: yeah it's obviously it's a disappointing injury because oh, i'm in the same uh, mindset like he just looks like he's ready this year to just to start taken games by the scruff I and mean, like we saw that goal he kicked in the last quarter it was like three or four run and bounces uh, and you know doing um, like bananas and all that He just he just sort of seems to have a presence later in games now whereas before he'd be sort of cooked at half time so yeah that's unfortunate uh i'm actually thinking uh a bit more left field with his replacement and i actually think that uh jed Buse might come in for him because he's Busey's definitely got uh, a bit of toe about him and they've been playing him up forward all pre-season and I think the last two weeks in the VFL he's kicked two goals. He kicked a couple of goals uh, against Hawthorne the pre-season so I think he might end up being, uh, just from a pace,
1: like for like, he might end up coming in. That's a really good call because I hadn't even... I was thinking Darcy Lang as well. Just was the name that popped into my head but... Um... Buse probably brings more of that intent to tackle and hurt people and aggression and pressure than what Langwood, so depending on obviously the role they they see cocky playing, but if it is defensive pressure in the forward line, Buse is probably really gonna be in the mix for that. And And it would
2: also back up a claim that I made about uh, three years ago that I'm convinced that one year, Buse is going to kick goal of the year because he's got all these ambitions in his head that he's going to run through about seven blokes and break off some tackles and kick a checkside goal, and this is going to help him do that. Try and
1: emulate his old man's goal. Yeah. (laughs) um, Which he almost did in the twos, didn't he? Or he almost did. He came pretty close to doing it last year at some point from memory.
2: Yeah, he's had a couple of cracks at it, and he sort of he'll get through the first two blokes and then go, "All right, I'll take these two on as well." And then you go, "No, nah, mate, come on, you need to get rid of it now."
0: <laughs> Speaking of defenders who want to kick a goal, next time you guys watching a Cats game, have a look at Tom Ruggles. Oh, the gonna... bloke is <laughs> desperate, desperate for a goal. I've <laughs> never seen anything like it in my life. He is just gagging for it. Honestly, the moment you and... said "speaking
1: of defenders that want to kick a goal," <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. Then. I he's that, gagging for it. Yeah, and he—I don't. Has he got his first as an AFL footballer yet? I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't, so. I think he's kicked a few points. Yeah, he's, yeah he, he reminds he me he of a...
0: Shannon Burns. Like you know when Shannon Burns
1: kicked his first goal in High Five, the Water Boy. I
0: reckon <laughs> Tom Ruggles might do a lab of honour.
1: <laughs> Jeez, imagine if it's at Kardinia Park, <laughs> one of the night games. See we... That. That would be uh a cheer about as big as I uh, remember when uh, Mark Blake finally kicked the goal? Yeah, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we were going to do grade the preseason. Um but we sort of had a bit of a chat before we started recording and all of us agreed that last night was nothing like the preseason, so we're gonna scrap that idea because we're not sure if the preseason actually taught us anything. So <laughs> we're just gonna gloss over that. It wasn't it didn't it didn't appear to be great, but we had a good win round one, so happy days. <laughs> uh, um so what we're going to do, I'm gonna to try to introduce a regular segment. So we're gonna have a segment called Flyers and Floppers. And what we want is, and this is just for anyone listening who is ever going to be on one of these shows, you're going to get asked to do homework, basically. So, flyers and floppers, I'm just after you each to nominate one player that's flying and one that's battling. And we'll start with the bad news first. So, who who in your eyes at the moment is is struggling? Twiggy? Uh, we're going off last night or pre-season you as well? You
2: can do whatever you like. Um, well, I'll go off last night because that's probably the most easy to remember. <laughs> there wasn't many, to be honest, last night who didn't have an impact. I'd say probably the one bloke I didn't notice on the field the whole game was Cowan, so I guess he gets
1: it by default. That's a that's harsh. I'm not a Cowan fan, but he was. I thought he was he was all right last night. <laughs> but anyone you're giving it to from last night, it's probably pretty harsh. Yeah, it's, it's um. Yeah,
2: trying to pick your worst out of a, a forty-point win's tough, yeah. <laughs> Ryan.
0: Yeah, I just had to say how tough this is. I'm trying to think of it was, because it was a pretty good team effort. You yeah, they normally can look I'm pretty it. good at finding someone who lets the club down, but um, <laughs> I tell you what, Josh Cowan, as harsh as it probably sounds, is he didn't probably have the greatest of games. I didn't really notice him that much. He, I think statistically, he probably won enough of the footy, but. He just didn't seem to have, um, you know, a massive impact. I didn't think. Did, um, did you guys sort of
1: notice him as as such? Like, I got a message from somebody last night saying, "Why is Cowan being? He's off, been off the field for twenty minutes. Have you heard why?" And I replied, "Going, I didn't even know he was off the field." So that.
2: Well, actually, to sort of tie in with that, I was actually just about to say the only thing I remember him from last night was copping a hit in the head.
0: So that that could be why. So, well... At- I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll change it up. I'll nominate Jackson Furlow as a flopper. Right Come on. into the team and had nine touches or ten touches or something like that. But good just news is he got,
1: he got through the game.
0: Yeah, and I don't, know, I don't know what to make of his pre-season. He statistically he seemed like he won enough of the footy, but I don't know he just lacked a little bit of sharpness. I guess that you 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 miss from having twelve months of footy. Yeah, and so that's
1: to be expected,
2: isn't it? Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I think I might have been talking to one of you two about this on Twitter when they first announced the teams but I, sort of said, I at this time I didn't mind the idea of uh, Thurlow spending a couple of weeks in the uh, VFL not because I think he's no good but just like he just he hasn't quite got his touch back yet, which it's to be expected when you have that long out. Um so I sort of thought, yeah, a couple of weeks in the twos just to sort of uh, monster a few uh kids down there, you yeah, know, might be good for him. So that sort of carries across
1: to last night I reckon. And I I did say you could be the Flyers or Floppers could have been from last night or from the pre season. I'm gonna have my flopper from the pre season and I reckon Zach Smith was a bit of a flop so far this JLT, obviously, didn't even play last night. But I was really disappointed in him or his efforts during the, the practice matches. Apart from one quarter against Hawthorne, where they were playing a kid that had played, hadn't played a game and they'd taken off their good midfielders, where he literally looked like men against boys, I thought that Stanley pretty comfortably outshone him and and, you know, as I mentioned earlier, got his hands onto the number one sort of Ruckman role. So but you know, hopefully Smith goes either if he's not back in the team straight away, if he is back to the VFL that he um he works hard and, and, and tries to win the spot back because at worst case it's really good depth and competition's healthy. So yeah, it's not not exactly the worst bloke to have called up as your, uh, your right, first emergency yeah. ruckman, is he? That's right. It's better than having to bring up Josh Walker or someone to play in the <laughs> ruck, let's be honest. So, yeah, uh, f- Flyers, Twiggy.
2: Uh, I'm actually going to go again off last night. I think he went all right in the um, pre-season as well. But uh, Luke McCarthy last night for me was just, that's what I've been waiting for with him yep. uh, again he's another bloke he's spent so much time on the injury list so you're kind of partly just happy that he's actually out and running around but the way he attacks blokes I, I love it um, anytime he gets near someone I'm just ready for him to kill him um, and it was nice last night he actually got a bit of reward on the scoreboard
1: for his efforts too so yep, he gets my thumbs up he's got some lovely skills too like not many blokes' Not many little blokes, not, it's not many footballers in the current age can, that, that, there was a goal he got, that one you said that da- where Danger, we discussed earlier where Danger ripped it out of the middle and burst yep. through, and Link just casually, as you like, slotted it on his left for about 45 out. Like, that's a serious, you know, that's some serious skill there to be able to execute that. And, and his
2: uh, his hands are so solid as well. Like, he doesn't really drop many if they are over his head.
1: No, I'd prefer it if he realised that he's a little man sometimes and stayed <laughs> down, because he does like to try and fly. And we could probably be served with him down on the ground at times, but if they stick, then, you know, it's hard to tell him not to go for it, isn't it? took a real nice hangar uh, right in front of me
2: last year against the Tigers in that uh, horrible game and just yeah sat in that bloke's shoulders just
0: right in front I'm like yeah it's alright yeah. <laughs> Ryan uh, I'm going to go Mitch Duncan
1: yep. I That's- reckon
0: he's flying at the moment yep. um, best game in a long long time on Sunday and he's the thing with Mitch, though, is that he has these brilliant games and you think he's turned the corner and he can be an A-grader and he just doesn't progress. So I think the challenge for Mitch now is to sort of get that sort of form rolling on and put it consistently together for a whole year because he's got all the traits. We just haven't seen it um,
1: consistently enough. He was our best player last night. Yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yep, he was absolutely. Our best player. And the good thing about him is that when he gets the ball... He very, very rarely misses a target. And especially if he gets the ball in the forward half, he normally good comes of it. So that's a good a good call.
2: That, um, that set shot that he took last night too uh, from the pocket yeah. you know, into the breeze was just, as soon as he kicked, you like, yeah, that's going in that. He's just absolute class by foot.
1: Um, and while
0: we're talking about flyers, sorry yeah. just to cut in, but... Can I nominate one? Because I want this on the record, so you know, in twelve months' time, I can replay it and be like, "I bloody told you." Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, flyer and a guy that may play senior footy this year, but definitely look for him next year. Quinton Narkle. Oh yes, the kid is an animal. Yep, absolute animal. Watch him. He's yeah, he's amazing, and um, he might be the best of all the Cats draftees from last year's draft. I think he's he's quick. He uses it well. He He's tough. He can ride a tackle, and he's got um, a desire to win the footy. So, yeah, love what I'm seeing from Quinton at the moment. You've obviously been and watched the VFL practice matches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but even like in um, in training, like they a lot of a lot of the time through the summer, the cats did a lot of match simulation stuff. And for a guy who's in his first pre pre-season he just seemed to he just seemed to belong. You, know, this yeah. it's like sometimes there's a timidness with guys in their first year, but there was none of that from Quinton. He was demanding the footy and wasn't scared to sort of get his hands dirty um, against some guys that, you know, obviously have got a bit of
1: stature in the game. So he's he just shows all the traits at the moment. Well, and you've got a good record with this because you called Bundy very early as well, didn't you? Who, very early, yeah. who, Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, you absolutely. Him before, you'd called him before he'd played a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually... Um, Long story with Bundy, but, um, yeah, I called him the year he got drafted that he'd be a good AFL player. It's just a shame that injuries and
1: and sort of set him back. Sounds like there's a few long stories with Bundy, though. (laughs) We probably probably better not go near. Um, He's a lovely guy, Bundy. I'm sure he is. Um, Now, if you had listened... I don't know if you did, Ryan. I'll put you on the spot. If you listened to the last podcast we did, Buddha was very strong... Very happy with Narkle as well. From memory, there you go. Yeah, well,
0: there you go. Two great minds. Ah. That's what I'll say.
1: (laughs) 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 And we and we do know Buddha is a good judge, so um, he was really he was really impressed with him. And by all accounts, from the the talk from big from a big footy perspective, or people that have watched the VFL games, is they were really impressed with him, particularly in the first game. Uh, people, some mm. people weren't as impressed with him last weekend. They were, he looked a bit lazy at times, but they said when he gets <laughs> the ball, you can clearly see there's something there. They said the, first, but yeah, the second game they didn't, they weren't as impressed, but still mm. one to watch. And shaping is a good draft early on. I know it's a couple
0: of rounds into the season, but there's some guys there that are showing a lot of good talent. I mean, Parfitt's already in the senior team, Narkle showing signs, Stewart's in the senior team, Zach Guthrie, yes.
1: Yeah, will- You'd imagine might play some senior footy this year. Yeah. Um, and already, Jack Henry. Has yeah. As a bit of taste. And um, another one, Buddha, is absolutely nuts for Simpson. And by all accounts, he worked into the game really well uh, last Friday night, wasn't it, I think, their practice match? They said he was quite impressive. Yeah, I
2: think he yeah, had think about he 21, had something yeah. like
1: that. and uh, yeah. Built into the game. Like, started out slow, but... Um, they said he's really clean and a beautiful kick of the ball too, so... This is what we're after. We want the, the drafts to be some good kids coming through. Well, When you don't have uh, any uh, first-round picks, you, so, yeah, you need to uh, nail the light ones. Well, you, and especially when you self-inflicted don't have any first-round picks, you, the, you <laughs> yeah. put the pressure on yourself then, so you do have to nail it. Um, my flyer... Uh, well, it's... Yeah, I haven't really put much thought into this. I'm going to do a flyer based off one game is um, my flyer from yesterday anyway, Andrew Mackey. So I was seriously starting to question his long term or even how long in this year he'd last in the side. Um, I thought his kicking had started to drop off the last half of last year and and he's such a weapon when he gets the ball because he sort of does look laconic, you know, it looks pretty laconic and cruises round and but when he last year there was one game at Geelong and he kicked it out of bounds on the full about three times and I thought he's kicking starting to go and I was really starting to worry but he absolutely he was fantastic yesterday on Walters and um, yeah I was and what, Walters to, isn't exactly a mug either. No, Walt, let's be honest, <laughs> Walters is a gun. So um, he was really good, and I was really happy to see, because I was starting to question it. And I've always been a Mac fan; I've never been um, anti him. So I was good. I was happy to see him um, perform like that. So that was really
2: good. Yeah, uh, I, I was in the same boat. Like when he got that two-year extension, was it like two seasons ago? I was just like, oh, I don't know about that. And then yeah, last year, like because he was also starting to shirk a few contests last year. Yeah. You just saw like, if there was a teammate there, he'd let them go in. He's like, just get in there. But no, nah, last night I'll, I'll um I'll eat my hat. He uh he definitely played
1: very well. Now oh, we... vintage Maggie. Yeah, it was it was right down to him mouthing off every chance he got. <laughs> so um he wound back the clock and he's he has that is one thing I would say some of his best games over the last couple of years have been when he's been playing on top quality smalls like he's had some really good games on Bruce and done the job on Bruce and um, he seems to respond well to to the challenge Um, now I'll just get a loose quick prediction for what you guys are expecting from the year Basically, Twiggy, you can go. Oh, I, actually
2: did, I actually did homework
1: on this one uh, last week,
2: but uh, have you I, went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went through the fixture and I've got us going 16 and 6, so yep. I don't know where that puts us on the ladder last year, I think it would have put us oh, equal 2nd through 6th, I think, but yeah. uh, I've got us dropping uh, both games against the Giants, although after last night, uh, maybe not. Um, I've got a splitting a game with the Hawks and the Pies because we just seem to lose games to both those teams. Uh, I think the Eagles over in Subiaco we might struggle with. And the game against Sydney could be a, a tough one as well, again, for us.
1: So anywhere between what you're probably thinking between, like you said, second and sixth or seventh, maybe? Second and yeah. fifth? It's hard to... Yes,
2: so if he went off last year's uh, wins, and that puts you in that position, sort of rough position. So, basically, yeah, in contention for top four. Yeah. Um, yep.
1: Yeah. Ryan?
0: Uh, I'm going to go out and say comfortably top four. Yep. Um, I'd, I honestly don't understand, or I, I kind of do, but uh, where all the critici- criticism has come from, for Geelong and uh, people expecting Geelong to slip down the ladder. I mean, last year they were made to pay for a, a half of rubbish foot in the biggest, their biggest game of the year. But their record against the top eight sides were exceptional. They comfortably handed handled the Bulldogs, um, which people are sort of talking about as being a contender again this year. They've added extra run with Tui, and um, by all accounts, eight, we, the Cats didn't really lose a lot and ride it aside. Um, I think they're just as good as they are last year, and I reckon that's more than good enough to be playing top four and and pushing towards the grand final. I, I don't buy into the fact that Geelong will drop off at all. So I think anything less than top four will be a massive underachievement this year.
1: I will. I'll get to one point that's probably a reason why people think it because we're going to answer a, a question we've had sent in. Um, personally, I was sort of. I'm thinking four to six is probably. That's sort of what I was expecting, but I'm not sure if last night, if we, if we bring the ball movement and the pressure week in week out, then you, you would, you could easily see us being top four. But it's hard to say because it's round one. How much do you read into it? We don't know if Frio are rubbish. We don't know if we're very good. Um, it's always hard to because you're expecting all these other teams to step up, but then who would have expected Sydney, to what happened to Sydney to happen to them um, no one would have expected the Giants to get belted the way they did it's, everyone's talking up St Kilda as a big improver and they they really got belted after quarter time in their game, so that's sort of where I see us, is probably I'll be happy if I'm wrong and we finish higher, but that was going into the season, before last night that's what I was thinking now I'm not I'm not overly sure where we sit. So
2: much easier call to make in about four weeks. Exactly when you've actually when you've got a sample size, then you can sort of go, okay, pre-season forms actually where we're at, or no, round one's where we're at. Yeah, exactly.
1: So now we mentioned I'd put out the call for people to send in questions and uh, to have us, you know, so-called experts, yobbos, try to answer them. <laughs> we'll see if we can actually. Give a coherent answer to a question. So, uh, we had a question sent in by a Twitter user Louis Martino, and the question is: Is the Dangerwood overreliance a myth? We made a prelim and played one really bad quarter and and exploded. Is it explanatory hindsight? Um, and I think that's part of the reason that people are doubting doubting Geelong Ryan because of this whole thing about Dangerwood and if we were carried by two players and so on. So what, I'll let you start with this one. Well, I think when you've got the, two of the best midfielders in the competition, you're always going to rely on
0: them somewhat. Um, but I also see it in the fact that the, it's all about Geelong's middle tier this year, and I think when Geelong's played at their best, the middle tier stood up um, – yeah, yesterday was the best example of that. I mean, Mitch Duncan had 30 touches, Mott Lopp was there. Even Jordan Murdoch um, won enough the foot in and, and looked pretty dangerous. So it's, I think, going through the stats from champion data, um, last year Geelong had, or well, heading into this year, Geelong has 17 players that are ranked by champion data as, as average, um, which is the second most of any of the teams that made finals. Last year, so I guess that gives you a little bit of an insight into the impact that um, Danger and and Zouard had on that team. When you got seventeen players rated as average by Champion data, yet the Cats, you know, ultimately were a, a win away from a grand final. Um, so, while well, a lot of it will again largely be on Dangerfield and Steward's shoulders, if they can get some support, um, then definitely um, it's it's not such a myth. I don't, I don't think. Uh, Twiggy, yeah, pretty similar
2: sort of uh, view there for me. Like when you got two of the, two of the top five midfielders in in your team, it's not always <coughs> such a case of, of the other players are going to defer to them. They're just that bloody good that they just take over a game on their own. With, um, they see the ball and they're going to take it and off they go. But I think the games we dropped last year weren't because uh, danger. Fear, uh, yeah, Dangerfield and Selwood had bad games. It was usually because we we're piss farting around with the ball in our back fifty and turning it over, or we didn't have our, our, a good transition game, or we we're bombing it long to a three on one with Hawkins. Um, but again, yeah, with that being said, it definitely goes so much further for us winning games. When like last night, yeah, you have your your Duncan's and your Motlops um, and all that actually, you know carrying their their fair load as
1: well. So um, yeah. It's it's interesting because as you said it's 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 really it's not so much an over reliance that just they've got they're playing at a certain level, I think, and the other midfielders weren't playing at a high enough level. Because I mean you look at that prelim, Danger and Salwood were clearly our best players and we still got smashed anyway so it's not like they were carrying the team and 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 it's you you know what you're going to get from them week in week out it is that next level that have got to lift their game and and last night it appeared that we didn't have as much of a reliance of them and a few more of the, the the second rung types were were involved so hopefully that's a sign of things to come going forward and that they have been working over it, working on it over the summer. Well, and another good thing, though, thing with, was... <laughs> with um last night's game,
2: because we had your Duncan especially Duncan especially playing so well, uh Danger spent a lot of time up forward last night and kicked three goals. So it's when they're doing that, you
1: you are afforded that luxury. Yep. And Ron
0: Yeah, I, I was just gonna say I think the thing that um, I think you need to sort of remember too is when people, when you talk about the middle tier stepping up, uh, it's not so much that you're looking for Mitch Duncan or Motlop to have 30 touches or 40 touches in, and kick two goals. I think when you talk about the middle tier standing up, it's when Selwood and Dangerfield aren't in the midfield or, you know, they're having a quiet patch, is that the players in there are winning their fair share of footy. And I think at times last year, when those two guys weren't in there, the, the guys that were stepping in just weren't, weren't getting enough of it um, in those crucial times, and that's when the momentum started to change. So, you know, Molot might end up with 20 touches in the game still, but if he's winning it at, at those times when you need him to, then it's going to be a lot more beneficial for the team than just winning 20 touches you know while the other guys are ripping it up. It's, it's about standing up when
1: Dangerfield and Sailwood aren't in the middle or, uh, you know, sort of off the ground. It's about taking their turn, basically, when they have yeah. to. Yeah, effectively, yeah. And also, Ryan, I'm disappointed because I set you up, we set you up <laughs> that question yeah. for you to have a <laughs> robo moment and you completely <laughs> didn't even do it. It's, I
0: can't bring myself around to head wobble. Which will be a joke
1: that no, will make sense to no one. When we discussed the question before we started recording, Ryan goes, oh, well, I've actually written an article that's going out, which will be in tomorrow's Addy, about this. And I said, well, <laughs> you better bring... Because <laughs> anybody who watches uh, AFL 360 will know that any time Robbo's got an article, he obviously gets Jared to bring it up and then th- always says, I've written about this in the Herald Sun tomorrow. And... You've let us down, but... <laughs> so, I will
0: say, I have written about it in Monday's
1: Geelong Advertiser. So... <laughs> so, everyone... It's
0: 600 words of waffle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: everyone go get a hold of the Addy, and you can read about it while, as well as listen to it. Yeah. Now, well, Hopefully I've said the same thing as I wrote. I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also, I've got one, oh, right, we've got, we're pretty much, we're pretty much wrapped up. I have one little bit of housekeeping. If anybody who has been, um, well, following on Twitter and Facebook and and all of that has seen that I've had some shirts done up or in the process of getting some shirts with the cat cast on them and they've come up really well. So we're going to have prizes and giveaways and things is the plan. Over the course of the over the course of the season, um, the first one was pretty simple. They just had to retweet or share the post to win a shirt, and we randomly selected a winner. Um, so, congratulations to Chrissy Proctor, who is a Twitter user. Um, I'll be making contact with you, and we'll get something sorted. And if anybody has any ideas for competitions, so we can get some silly competitions about predictions and things like that, send them through, we're going to have a, try and have a bit of fun with it all, so, um, and apparently people that are on the podcast seem to think that they should also get shirts, is a bit of the feedback that I've been getting, so, <laughs> I'll see, Yeah, <laughs> we uh, go. I'll endorse that motion. <laughs> with that, so, um, but aside from that, uh, that's all pretty much we've got time for this week uh, just a quick thoughts on how you think we'll go this weekend boys I think we have North on Sunday at Edihad should win we should <laughs> and wait they've uh, had Jared Waits out hurt as well I think he's got a shoulder injury after he kicked one goal seven on the weekend so that was um, impressive that it might help them him not being there if he was kicking like that <laughs> but uh, yeah it just you th- obviously Twiggy you're pretty comfortable should win should. Um, as long as
2: we keep playing four quarters like we did last night, we should be right.
0: Ryan? Yeah, cats will uh, comfortably 10 goals, I would have thought. Um, <laughs> Yeah, North are on a pretty, dram- pretty dramatic slide at the moment. So I think, you know, if the cats get a hold of them early, the margin could sort of blow out. Yeah,
1: obviously. But it's
0: all about consistency. If, right. if pre-season cats rock up,
1: they could bloody well lose it. So who knows? That's all we ask for is consistency. Um. Twiggy, thank you very much for being no here. I hope you've had fun. Yeah, went up. Right. And And uh, Ryan, thank you again. Thanks for having me back. It was great fun. No worries. I'll be pestering you again because you were silly enough to offer to come on whenever I needed someone. So I might <laughs> just dag you again when, yeah. <laughs> when I get round to it next time. You know, I'm always happy to talk rubbish with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I'm not sure when I'll do another show, hopefully in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so it we'll, depends on how the technical issues and the <laughs> fact if I've got time uh, allow for. Uh, until then... You're getting tired on the shirts. Hey. If, you, if you're if you not doing
0: a podcast every week, you're only giving out one shirt a month. Yeah. You've got
1: to boost your shirt numbers. I don't have time to do a podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you didn't want to give away freebies. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. uh, Until next time, go cats.